Hello and thank you for listening to episode 373 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for June 2021, brought to you by Dean of the Dead, Hot Horror Sources. Who? Big news again, Tom. Big news again from him. Uh, we can finally say, actually, I'm pretty sure that he released this onto his Instagram account. I think it was like the day after we recorded <laughs> the May show. So I think a lot of people listening to this will already know. But for those of you that don't, he has a new source out. And it's a, a special Eagles of Death Metal uh, source from the band, of course, if you don't know the band Eagles of Death Metal, which is really cool. The band is called uh, Shrieking in Tongues. And it is a cherry cola and habanero barbecue sauce. Nice. That's, that is interesting, mate. That is very, very interesting. <laughs> That's another one. That, I mean, how many sauces are there now that he's got out and he's got all these new rubs out and it's the chili jams and I know he's working on other stuff. I'm so happy, mate, that obviously, A, we're getting together again later this year for the first time in a couple of years, which is good. And hopefully we're going to get to, you know, at least one of these Monopoly events that's going to go on. And Dean will be there and the three of us can get together and have a natter and we can buy some more of his sauces, can't we? Absolutely. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. He's also got his seventh T-shirt design out as well. It's been a Ooh. few months since he's had one. Yeah. So uh, everybody go and check out Dean's website. As usual, all the links to everything he does will be in the podcast notes for this episode. And uh, it's his seventh one of the year that's out. So uh, if you haven't got one already, have a look through all the designs. There's some really good ones. Um, if you didn't know, I picked one up. I think it was the second or the third design of the year that I picked up that's really, really good. Uh, anyway, mate, the big news is June show. June marks nine years of us podcasting together now. What the hell? Nine <laughs> years, man. Nine, boy. nine years. Crazy, mate, isn't it? I think it was June the 13th. Was our actual yeah, Sunday? Uh, yeah, our ninth. Talk Sunday just gone. Our ninth anniversary of podcasting together, and he, and here we are, still talking shit all these years later. We're still here. We're somehow we're still going. <laughs> That's it. Nothing can stop us, no matter what anybody says. Uh, May I have got so many eighties related things to chat about. Nine years worth. Nine years. Let's go back. Let's go back to how it all began way back when in 2012. What a what a different world it was back then. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> uh, some things, though, are consistent. Uh, much like, uh, well, let's start with the UK being crap at Eurovision. <laughs> that happened since we last talked. Yeah. Oof. Nil point. to watch. Nil well, predictable. Like, everyone hates us. <laughs> I actually thought... Um, it was one of the better songs we'd like. It wasn't great, but it was one of the better songs we'd submitted in the last few years. Me too, yeah. Because it wasn't just a sad ballad. I know the um, the guy's original <laughs> song from last year was a sad ballad. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've, I, I didn't think it. I, I, I don't think he deserved it. I think we deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting um, it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a fun um, contest. I can't bloody remember who I voted for, but um, there's a. It was a very camp synth song, which was followed by quite a, a dark synth song. Yeah, there was some good, was some good stuff and a unexpected winner. Mm. Yeah, in Italy. yeah. 
it was um, well, it was another year where I couldn't partake of the usual Eurovision cheese and wine, which was you know unfortunate, but still. It was, it was I still... didn't drink. A, I didn't have a drop to drink. I was uh, stone cold sober. Wow! And it was just as exciting and tense and fun. <laughs> so I was like, oh well, it goes to show whoever that comes up again. So yeah. it was one of my first like times I was able to go into somebody else's house and see friends, and you know, so I was just like, don't need it. Mm. Savor in the moment, mate, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it always is. And uh, it just it was nice just to have a normal thing like. Trusty old Eurovision. <laughs> it never fails, does it? Yeah, you, you can always rely on Eurovision, mate. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully everybody listening to this listened to our chat with Cheryl Baker as well in the last show. Which, of course. Yeah, that was that was good. Like I said, because this year was the 40th anniversary of Bucks Fizz winning. So if you haven't for any reason listened to that yet, go back and listen to that. Uh, other things to listen to, mate. Dee Snyder, new solo album coming out in... Um, April the 21st. What am I saying? Not April the 21st. There is a reason I've written that down. I'll tell you in a minute. This new solo album is coming out on July the 30th on Napalm Records, and it's called Leave a Scar. And I really enjoyed his last solo album. Um, Gone in a little bit of a different direction. By his own admission, he cannot just put out, like, you know, 80s rock all the time. And he said himself, he couldn't write anymore. That was him back then. He's writing, you know who he is now um, and the reason I said April the 21st because I put that in my notes as well because April the 21st 1986 at the Manchester Apollo was when I saw the best frontman D. Snyder that I've ever seen it was Twisted mm-hmm. Sister on their Come Out and Play tour nice. and still to this day mate I have seen no frontman come near what he was like that night. He was incredible. He had the whole of the Manchester Apollo in the palm of his hand, just doing whatever he said. He, he was yeah. absolutely brilliant, mate. An absolutely amazing frontman. And a great band and a great vocalist, too. You're a Twisted Sister fan, aren't you, Tom? You must be. I am, yeah. I do like Twisted Sister. That's good. Um, I am going to... Um, well, I do... For, oh, I will tell you then. And, of course, everybody listening, YouTube. There's a really good YouTube channel I found called 80s Metal Recycle Bin. And <laughs> it's it's really good, mate. They do interviews with 80s rock stars. They've, uh, okay. Yeah, Stephen Piercy from Rat uh, is one that lipped to mind that I watched the other day. Um, there's all sorts on there. They've only got – it's not too old. I think it's only been going about five or six months. But there's, I think, 22 – videos on there at the moment so yeah give them a sub get the numbers up get them more popular they'll get more interview and they're not long interviews it's you know it's qu- quick chats with people but it's really good you know all the people that that we like from the 80s all the rock music that's on there so that's 80s metal recycle bin on youtube go and give them a, give them a watch um sticky i'm with... gonna i'm gonna stop you there dave go on go on there's a nice little segue into as we're talking about music oh go on I shall have a sip music. of coffee. Obviously, um, an episode or two or three, I don't know, ago, I purchased a record player. Mm, yes. I mean, I've been picking up some vinyl, so um, some pretty cheap vinyl as well. And I'm just leafing through. I've got some Jim Steinman. I've got the Streets of Fire soundtrack. That's oh, like the first thing I bought. Mate, that is. And again, for anybody listening, if you've not listened to the Streets of Fire soundtrack, that is amazing. 
got some Springsteen, some Seeger, REO Speedwagon, um, some modern synth stuff, and a Midnight and Wolf Club. A lot of meatloaf, you know, just as how it turned out. Heart, Pat Benatar, Hall and Oates. Lots of lots of good stuff. But one record. I was in um, a local record store in uh, secondhand record blue. You'd, you'd love Beatniks. It's called Dave. You'd love it. Oh, I bet I would. Lots of lots of God. They still sell Region One DVDs. Lots of uh, Region A Blu-rays. Lots of vinyl. All sorts. Um, and I went in there on a little hunt uh, for stuff and there was a certain record that was out there it was a little too rich for my blood hmm. uh, at the time and I was just like right we'll get paid in two and a bit weeks if that's still there and I get paid I will bring I will come back and pay the 17.95 for it because having a look on eBay it was going for a lot more than that this is or was the soundtrack to the movie Shocker Oh, 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 oh my god, I've not heard that. I've got that. Oh my god, I've got that somewhere on cassette. Nice. So now this. So I haven't even heard the soundtrack. I thought I had at some point. I'm just pulling out the um the, not the record. A bit of paper. I'm sure it's got a proper name. <laughs> Where is it? Sorry I should have got this out first. Okay. I got it. So just to run through this, let's turn the light on so I can read this. It's got dark very quickly here. Um, <laughs> You've had all the rain so, today. So I thought I'd heard this whole record before, but I'd only like heard clips of it on the film. Yeah. So obviously the um, the first track, or the title track, is by a certain band called The Dudes of Wrath. Mm-hmm. And Dave, you'll know who, who they are. Well, yeah, I know uh, Paul Stanley is one of them. Yes, I mean... Paul Stanley, Desmond Child, both on vocals. <laughs> um, this this is the guy who got them together, and like Guy Man Dude. Guy Man Dude. Yeah, like he's sort of like a session guitarist. He was a session guitarist in um, I don't know if it's L.A. or something, but he was mates with all of them seemingly, and he's the one that seemed to get them all together. Mm. So he, he's on guitars with Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard. Nice. Rudy Sarzo's on bass. Yeah. Um. Tommy Lee's on drums. That's good. Background vocals include Kane Roberts and Michael Anthony. <laughs> so there, there, there was that song, which is quite good, as you might expect. Oh, yeah, that is a good song. Yes, and then there's this whole outro bit to it, which I hadn't even heard before, like this anthemic outro, which never it never got to that bit on the credits of a film. So then there's, like, Love Transfusion by Iggy Pop, which is like an Alice Cooper, you know, trash era. Yeah. Sounding one because it's written by Desmond Child. Uh, the Megadeth No More Mr. Nice Guy cover, which, I mean, not your favourite band, I'm sure, but it was that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously a band we've discussed before, Bonfire. Oh my God, yeah. With the best song Kiss never released. Oh mate, tell me about that. If oh, and like just just take, let's just take it. I mean, okay, so if you um, go to YouTube and search Kiss Sword and Stone, um, and give that a listen. And obviously Bonfire um, were given it. Yeah. And they released it. And that's a very good version as well. But just listen to the Kiss version. Just be like, what the fuck didn't they release that? Why didn't they? It's a fucking awesome song. Absolute banger. Never even released it on their box. You know, like the, uh. um, the box set they brought out, which had Time Traveller. And I can't remember what the other, you know. Yeah. They had a couple of other 80s era demos. Didn't even release it on that. 
crazy. But there is a demo version. Like, I don't know how these appear, all these demo versions of unreleased songs. But, yeah, if you go on YouTube, uh, search for Kiss, Sword and Stone, and you will enjoy. If you like 80s Kiss and yeah, any regular listener knows, I think 80s Kiss is the best Kiss. <laughs> I mean, this is almost like a mini, you know, like, obviously there's the, the Dudes of Wrath song with Paul Stanley on vocals. And then there's Sword and Stone, which obviously he co-wrote. So yeah, that's uh, that's one. And then um, there's some more. There's a sort of ballad by someone called Soraya, um, um, whose backing band is only um, Pretty Boy Floyd. Oh, wow. I had to think of my hair metal bands for a minute. <laughs> so um, there's another song from the Dudes of Wrath. Okay. And this is a slightly different lineup. Alice Cooper is on vocals. Mm. With character actor Mitch Pilecki. <laughs> I had never heard this before. It's him and Alice Cooper doing a rap. It's called Shock Dance. Um, Guy Man Dude and Vivian Campbell um, on guitars. There's no drums. But, like, backing vocals include, you know, like, Mike and Anthony. Wes Craven does backing vocals. <laughs> That's something. You yeah, think so it's a never toy hear. song. Um, and some from um, Voodoo X and Dead On, but like it's a banger of a soundtrack, mate. Mm, it is a good one. I've not heard it in a long time, mate. I've not heard it in a long, long time, but I remember it being really good. And, you know, just all that talent involved, and literally, just if you just want the curiosity value of like, what would um, a rap featuring Alice Cooper and Walter Skinner from the X Files sound like? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> In character as Horace Pinker from <laughs> Shocker, it's 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 there. So I mean, it's rare, man. Like as I said, I went on. Let's see what it's doing today. I because I went on eBay. I was just like, oh, let's see what it's doing on eBay. That was a place to go, and it was expensive. It was not seventeen pounds ninety five. Really? Wow. I mean, I guess it is. You know, it's a. It's been out a while now. Yeah, the guy in the shop was. Um, um, that's a single. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dig through. Someone's I... charging. Um, well, I mean, the, you know, this is what people are charging, not what they've been sold for. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, someone here's 144 quid. Jeez. Someone in Australia's got one for 42, 29, and 20 quid postage. Yeah. Like that's... you know those sort of figures, but obviously that doesn't mean that's what they're selling at. But yeah, I think I got quite a bargain there. You got me thinking now. I st- I might even have it on vinyl as well. I'm going to have to go up in the loft at some point and dig through, because I brought some vinyl down because we got the record player quite a while ago and I brought some vinyl down. But there's still a hell of a lot of it up in the loft, so I'll have to go up and see if I've got that on vinyl too. I really fancy listening to it now after you reading all of that. Out. You'll be up in the loft. Uh... This weekend, then. That's it. That's what a, a weekend job to do is get up there, look for the Shocker soundtrack, and see what else I might discover while I'm up there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, that, again, segues perfectly to me because we don't... I don't know about you, mate, but we don't watch live television hardly ever at all now. It's just... No. We don't no. do it. But it's usually... The only time live TV will come on is, you know, we've finished watching a film, and, you know, you the TV comes on and then it's just on while, you know, you go to the loo or you make a drink or you put another film on. And it just so happened that we finished watching a film and the TV come on and it was on ITV. So over here, that's one of the channels that has adverts over in the UK. 
and there was an advert and these are ten a penny mate you know these 80s rock compilation albums yes and there's one and it's it came out 80s rock down and it was what is the point of these now because they always pick the same bands singing the same songs on every single one of them and I'm, I'm going to give you a little quiz now mate because i picked five songs from it i'm going to give you the band name yeah and you tell me the song that is on this 80s yes. rock down album from the i mean UK. i um up till quite well the start of the year i worked with cd charts and i know the compilations of which you speak <laughs> and i know they're identical <laughs> Well, that's let's crazy. Go. But yeah, hit hit me up. Here you go. Never know, Mike. Let's yeah. see. And for everybody listening as well, can you pick these five? So, which song? The first band I'm going to give you. Uh, I'll start you off with. And remembering, it's over here in the UK as well. With Kiss. Crazy nights. Well done, mate. <laughs> it's always fucking crazy, crazy nights every fucking time. Yeah. Oh, right. Bon Jovi. Living on a prayer, I'd say. Two out of two. Scorpions. Scorpions. Uh, it's, I've got it on two immediately. Mm. Winds of change. No. Is it hurricane? It's rocky like a hurricane. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Good first guess, though, mate. It was going to be one of those two, wasn't it? Uh, motorhead. Now sometimes they they do throw something else in there, but it's normally Ace of Spades. It's Ace of Spades. <laughs> yeah, some once I saw Overkill on one. Oh, I was like, oh bloody hell! I was yeah. like, well, because they they lost to Ace of Spades for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, Twisted Sister. I thought I'd leave the tricky. Is it, one. Is it we're not going to take it? It certainly is, mate. Very well done. <laughs> Hopefully everybody listening got that. So what I'm going to do, mate, I'm going to set us some homework. Me and you and whoever wants to join in uh, who's listening to this. For the next episode, and for everybody listening, we normally record about the third week of the month. So you've got about until the third week of July to email this into us. What we're going to do, and you've got the choice, Tom, and everybody listening, you've got the choice. I want you to put together a 10-track... 80s rock album right and now you've got two choices you can either go the way of okay pick all the usual groups you know like the ones i've said kiss bon jovi scorpions motorhead twisted sister or throw in any you know other ones there's always like iron maiden in there as well and always cooper Cooper. always on there poison yeah but you've got to pick a song that wouldn't normally go on so i would say for example if i was to pick kiss I'd say, 80s Kiss, I'd say, Turn On The Night. Why don't they put Turn On The Night instead? People <laughs> would love that. That's a fucking great tune. So you can either pick a 10-track one where it's the usual bands but different songs, or you can pick a 10-track one and it's bands that you'd never see on them. Good good 80s rock tunes from bands that never appear on these albums. And there's one caveat with both of those, whichever one you choose, there has to be, because it's an 80s rock album, there has to be one ballad on there. Nice. There we go. So there's some homework for me and you, Tom, for the uh, for the July show and anybody listening that wants to join in. Be good. It'd be good. Good idea. But mm. I, yeah, I, I echo this because 
they are these albums are identical and i'm to the point where you just look at it it's like what's the point in selling this because everyone's got one everyone's got all these songs yes it was weird it's weird like once you bought one you know you've got them all you know and the adverts playing as though you've never heard them before. And now, Bon Jovi and that rarely heard song, Living on a Prayer. And it's like, what the actual hell are you going on about? Everybody, is, you know, if if you haven't got these songs by now, you don't want them. <laughs> Surely. The obscure Meatloaf and Cher duet, Dead Ringer for Love. <laughs> That's it. That's what it's like now, isn't it? So, yeah, okay, so... Fair enough. Pick the That's bands, but give us some different songs, or just give us some bands that you'd never even think about. Either or, it's your choice. Surprise me with whatever choice you want to go with. Uh, and again, same for anybody listening. You know the email address. If you don't, I'll give it out at the end of the show. Um, let's move. Let's move on. Amazon buying MGM Studios for six billion pounds. A few eighties nice. movies from MGM, mate. So. I mean, yeah, I was talking about this with Yali uh, when it happened. Um, Canon. Mm. Canon comes under MGM, so hopefully... That's um, good, yeah. There are a lot of Canon classics uh, that aren't already on there will be uh, will make their way to Prime at some point. That would be nice, yes. What won't those. happen is No Time to Die rocking up on Prime, as some people legitimately thought was going to happen. Ooh. I don't understand still what goes through. Like, do they not understand how money works? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think um, the last um, month or so, month or two has proven you're going to make more money um, with films at the cinema, even at this point. Yeah, yeah. Than anywhere else than streaming. Like, people don't seem to like. I mean, I don't know if they don't want to leave a house or what, but, like, their films do not make as much money streaming as they do in cinemas. Mm. And you've got, like, as I, as we speak, um, Fast and Furious 9 comes out next week in the UK and America. It's out in a few territories already, and has already done over $200 million. Bloody hell. You're not going to get that by slinging it on Netflix. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just saw that, and I was just like... How like when Bond comes out in as it stands, and I think it will remain because films are coming out now. Um, end of September, I think like that's going to make a killing, and it was going to be. I don't know if it's going to be worth you know all the delays because I don't know how much those delays would have cost MGM, mm. but it's going to make a killing. Oh yeah, it's still going to make a lot of money. Definitely. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not as interested as I was, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I go and see any old shit, so. <laughs> because, looking at your letterbox, you did recently go to see some shit, didn't you? I just needed to get out of the house yesterday. <laughs> do you want to say what it is? I, that was the hit, yeah, yeah, because just to warn people off, if it's not too late, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, the sequel no one asked for, <laughs> but we got, oof, one of those films that was like, people with no attention span, like everything, like something big and loud and air quotes funny has to happen every second. Mm. And if you ever watch it, Dave, just note that does Morgan Freeman even look like a real human being anymore? <laughs> he just looks like a CG character. Well, I know I watched the first one 
but I could not tell you a thing that happened in it at all. No, I went back to it um, on Letterboxd, and I'd given it two and a half stars, but that was before I started reviewing stuff, so mm. not exactly high praise, but <laughs> yeah, it was shit. Oh, oh well. <laughs> see, Bond, surely Bond is not going to let you down at the cinema when that comes out. I'd hope not. No, but let's hope not. You never know. Mm. Uh, we recently, if uh, you haven't listened to it yet, re-released uh, our chat with Cynthia Rothrock that me and Tom did back in our 80s Picture House days. Yes. Uh, and we talked to her. It was from back in 2013, eight years ago, mate, eight years ago, back in 2013. Eight. And, um, of course, when we talked to Cynthia Rothrock back then, she was 56. You know what that yes. means? You know what that means, mate? She's 64 now. And, of course... She's illegible, mate. She's illegible, and I officially welcome her in to my OAP hot list. Well, if we if we end up talking to her again, that'd be a beautiful way for you to start the interview. <laughs> it's the music when we do our update show with her. <laughs> Honestly, Dave, I thought for a split second that was for death music, and I was just like, what? <laughs> Breaking Man, news. I've like, been on social media watch, but this is a, a really offensive <laughs> way to attach it to someone's time. But then I realised it was your sex music. So. There we are. And because the music is still playing, mate. It is. The, um, the, the OG of my OAP hot list, the original granny, Joan Collins, Joni, Dame Joni herself, she's uh, announced some UK gigs. She's doing some... Uh, Spoken word gigs in November. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, November. She's 88 now, mate. 88. 88. <laughs> you should go just so you're not the oldest person in the room. <laughs> I might get thrown out. I might throw my underpants on the stage or something and, and get, get thrown out. Well, you did, you did with Stallone, so. Yeah. So, you never know. It's a good shot. I'll contain myself with Joan. So, uh, yeah, I just thought. <laughs> Any ex- any excuse to play that music and talk about the OAP hot list, mate? Oh, the OAP hot list. Nine years. It's still not <laughs> And it's not going away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else have I got? I've still got... Oh, I'm going to go to... Uh, back to 80s music again, mate. 80s rock music. Ooh. For some reason... Um, now, all of these appeared through me just flicking through YouTube, as I do. And, you know, YouTube is, is oh, an absolute pain in the ass for adverts coming up all the time. Yes, definitely. A lot of unskippable ones. Way more, I'd say, over the last 12 months. It's yeah, like, we're not going to get YouTube Premium, guys. Drop it. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to no do one, it. No one remember when, YouTube, remember when YouTube had the streaming service, which had Cobra Kai on it? No. Everyone just fucking waited till Netflix picked it up. <laughs> no one wants to give YouTube any money. So fucking stop it. Oh. <laughs> It's even, it's got to the point where, you know, you get these unskippable adverts. And if it's one of those 20 second ones, I just go back. It's like, I'm not even going to sit through 20 seconds. Yeah, I, I just like, yeah, not, I won't watch this video then. There's yeah. many more. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go to another one. And it might take more than 20 seconds to find another one. Um, but I'm not... It's principle. I'm, yeah, it is, isn't it? It is principle. <laughs> but some of these... So... Uh, two video game ones, Battlefield 2042. There was a five-minute reveal trailer 
all the way through it, Kickstart My Heart was playing through it, which was kind nice. of cool. That's nice. Uh, there was an old, and I don't know why this appeared um, you know, on my YouTube feed, but again, it was Call of Duty Warzone. It was an old advert. Eye of the Tiger was playing through it. Nice. And then animated, I don't know if you've seen this, Masters of the Universe Revelation. <gasps> and it's holding out for a hero plays all the way through it. <laughs> Yes, it does. That has piqued my interest. That, um, I thought I mean, it would. They're, they're embracing the uh, homoeroticism of <laughs> E-Man without a doubt. And yeah, and considering Kevin Smith's involved, mm. um, albeit only as an executive producer by the look of it, um, yeah, I'm, I'm up for trying that out. Also using Holding Out for a Hero uh, recently was the um, latest episode of Loki. Oh, was it now? Yeah, episode number two. So, uh... we've been watching a TV show called um, Superstore, an American like twenty <laughs> odd minutes. And I've heard about this. Yeah, um... we're on season. I think we're right near the end of season three, and I think it finished earlier this year with season five. And of course, I... oh, go on. I don't know if I want to watch this or not, considering I still work in retail. <laughs> Maybe when I get out, I'll be like, okay, now I will watch it. <laughs> I hear it's really good. It uh, is good. Yeah, we're enjoying it. It is good. Uh, but one of the things is, of course, you know, they've got the music playing, you know, in the store. Oh, there's so much yeah. 80s music. There was like Pat Benatar. There was Twisted Sister in the one that we watched today. Oh, nice. Yeah, there was, there's been all sorts. It's like, oh, spot the 80s tune again that's been playing in it. So that was pretty good. Uh, let's Let's go on a... a Ooh, let's take a veer away from music and get back onto some some usual ground. Let's talk about Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Rocky versus Drago, mate. It's got a date. November the 11th. November the 11th. Sorry, repeat that, sorry? Rocky versus Drago. November the 11th. Well. November the 11th. Sorry, I just yeah. didn't have a date. November the uh, 11th. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I guess I'll, I'll just be repeating myself, but we'll see. I, I just like... I still don't know for sure about, like, have, have they got rid of a sex robot? Have they not? <laughs> the sex robot. Like, I just think, you know, it's just like I've said, it's like, like, make, you know, comparing it to the 80s kiss thing. You know, they're embarrassed by how they looked and the sort of music they did, clearly. Mm. They don't do it live, except for, you know, Crazy Nights when they come over here. Um, is Stallone embarrassed because he's made this big cheesy thing with, you know montage after montage and like sex robot and all of that <laughs> when he shouldn't be. And is he just going to take what's great out of Rocky four and turn it into the, you know, as gritty as he can make it. And, mm. and I'm just, yeah, I don't know. It will be interesting to see mate. It will be interesting. And like we said before, I mean, you know, we'll always have yeah, yeah. the version, but yeah, it will be very interesting to see which way he's gone with it. It does sound like you said, he's trying to make it more, Gritty. It's Rocky Fourth. It's not gritty. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> oh, lockdown. Yeah, we do, don't you? You know, Rocky and Rocky Two, and then you go into the different universe for Rocky Three and Rocky Four. Yeah, yeah, that's where they happen. <laughs> right then, come on, let's get it done. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the Reaper. <laughs> And breaking news, Cynthia Roth. Oh, no, it's not. Sorry. It's not. <laughs> Don't. Don't. 
two of these names, mate. I've only got three names, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, like how you add that. Few. <laughs> Few. Two of them, I bet you don't recognise, because I didn't. It's just... Oh, great. I didn't know. <laughs> Strangers. <laughs> the strangers. Looking through the local paper. <laughs> <laughs> I was going through every local obituary from every village across the UK. <laughs> Uh, no, these did appear, you know, on news items, and it was only through, you know, the the little bit of blurb that I noticed that it's it got my attention because there's an eighties link to it. So, aged, aged seventy four, we've lost Samuel E. Wright. Oh, oh, poor Sam. Anybody listening, you recognise who Samuel E. Wright is? Uh, he sang. Under the Sea. He was the little crab in The Little Mermaid, 1989. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, he's quite a, yeah, a well-known voice actor. Mm. So there's, there we go. The crab from The Little Mermaid from 1989. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows the song Under the Sea, though, don't they? Come on, that is that is of a big course, song. Yeah. Then we've got... Sebastian. Eight... Was it Sebastian? Was it? Oh, good. oh, bloody hell. If it is, mate, good call. I would not have a clue. No idea. It's just saying <laughs> Uh, aged 66, John Davis. Now, this is an interesting one because his 80s link is also from 1989. He was one of the true vocal talents behind Millie Vanilli and their album, oh. Girl, You Know It's True, in 1989. Because, of course, there was that big to-do uh, that Millie Vanilli didn't sing any of their songs. They were just the faces to the voices. Um, and they and they just mimed everything until it was outed. So uh, yeah, the third one, mate, you will know. Aged eighty-three, Ned Beatty. Yeah, yeah, and we lost him. It's a good film. Otis in Superman two. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah God, he just so so many films. Yeah, comedy roles, serious roles, like Deliverance. Jesus, he can do um, everything. Yeah, he really could do everything. Yeah, yeah, great, great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's it for that. I have got one more. I thought I'd save one good thing for the end. I'm not going to end on deaths, but <laughs> for a change. Have you got, have you got anything, mate? Any age no, no, stuff? No, no, no. You, you go ahead. I've got one last thing, and it's really good, I know, for both of us, mate, because we both love this movie. Uh, 1987's Near Dark is getting a 4K UHD Blu-ray release from Studio Canal. Studio Canal too. They do good mm. releases. Probably the biggest, the best big studio that, you know, does these sort of like re-release. Like I've got, I'm just looking up at the Deer Hunter, um, Flash Gordon. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it'll be anything on that level, but I I do have Near Dark on Blue. I got, is it French or German? It's like a digibook thing because I just couldn't wait any longer. I was just like, I need Near Dark on Blue, right? And it's an all right picture. Like it will look, the Studio Canal job, it will look fucking stunning. It looks all right. It looks better than the DVD, but. uh, Yeah. I've still got the old Anchor Bay DVD. I think I've still One got... One of my favourite releases, Anchor Bay DVD. Yeah, I think that's the only version I've got of it at the moment, is that Anchor Bay DVD. Right. But yeah, I'll happily uh, buy another Blu-ray of Near Dark, because it's oh. fucking Near Dark, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Got to buy this when it comes out. Yeah, it's a, a bit of a no-brainer, that one. Right. Speaking of no-brainers, shall we get on to this, uh, this month's <laughs> two movies? <laughs> Let's. Okay, we'll be back in a minute and you can listen to the trailer for what is my first time watch pick. 
didn't mean to kill him. She was unjustly sent to prison. A long way from home, Goldilocks. Now she's dead. So Lori's going behind bars to find her sister's killers. I heard you've been asking a lot of questions. Who are you, cop? He runs everything around here. Nobody rips me off. You killed her, and I want to know who helped you. I've already killed one of them. She finds the truth. What happens is no accident. The only one left. It's Vendetta. Behind prison walls, it's the only justice. Behind prison walls, there's gyms and arcades and everything, isn't there, mate? It's, it's this it's, film. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it, but what a prison. What a prison. If you're going to go to prison... Try and get banged up in this one. That's... Apart from all the, like, the murder and the drugs and the beatings, it's really cushy. <laughs> yeah, put all that to one side. And if you don't get beaten up or murdered, well, then you can have a good time while you're there. Or, or, or you know, put, uh, you know, hooked on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. have heroin forced into your veins, which happens in this film. Uh, Vendetta, 1986, currently a 5.3 on IMDb from only 416 ratings, which is not very many, really. Uh, the storyline uh, on IMDb, stunt woman Laurie Collins invites her sister Bonnie to visit on location in a small town. Bonnie is accosted by a local boy whose father is influential in the community and ends up in prison when she defends herself, victim of local political corruption. Laurie hears bad things about her sister's treatment in about her sister's treatment in the Who's Go? Who's Gow? What the fuck is a Who's Gow? And gets herself jailed in order to even the score with Kay, the Queen Bee prisoner, and her loyal followers. And yeah, so that's it. So we've got stunt woman uh, Laurie Collins, played by Karen Chase, uh, who did in real life be the stunt woman on The Golden Child. That's one of her credits on IMDb. Oh, cool. Mm. Yes, that's a bit different. It's uh, di it's directed by Bruce Logan. It was his first time as a director, uh, and it was his last feature until 2018. He went from. Oof. He just did a few little things here and there, but it was his uh, his last feature for many a year, and yeah, I can sort of see why, having watched, <laughs> having watched this. So yeah, the, you've got Laurie, who's the stunt woman, and her, like said her sister Bonnie comes on set, and as I read in the storyline, she, for some reason, just hops into this, you know, four by four with this local boy. And, um, yeah, she gets accosted. She he, he basically tries to force himself onto her. And she ends up shooting him and killing him. And she ends up in prison. And then you've got Kay, the Queen Bee prisoner, who's running the joint, played by Sandy Martin, who, if you look at her IMDb, IMDb credits, has been in a lot of stuff. She's been... Uh, a lot, a lot, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's... I think she's been in more than anybody else in this film. She's carried on her career for a long, long time and still continuing to work to this day. 
Uh, so her, Kay, and all, all of her cronies, they run the prison, like they do in these women in prison films, or even men in prison films. And um, Bonnie gets killed. Uh, Laurie <laughs> finds out about it, of course, uh, and then commits crimes. She goes and drinks two bottles of champagne, does some dangerous driving, shouts abusive uh, words at the cops, uh, goes to the courtroom of where the judge, first of all, is not going to put her in prison. He was going to give her a suspended sentence. And, of course, Laurie wants to go into prison to get revenge. So she just grabs hold of the judge and starts shouting at him, and he loses his temper, and he puts her into prison. And then the whole story is uh, Laurie trying to even the score for the death of her sister, Bonnie, and and getting revenge in all sorts of ways. Not, you know, it's it's not stretching the storyline, especially for women in prison films. A lot of them are, you know, similar, aren't they, mate? Somebody goes in for revenge about something. Yeah, there's this, a lot of I them. Mean, I suppose it was a woman in prison film, but it's a very sort of like, it's not sleazy or, mm-hmm. you know, anything. I don't know, I didn't think it was. I mean, there's a couple of like shameless shower scenes, but they get them out of the way pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it doesn't have that sort of like bear behind bars. Yeah. Sleaze fest, you know, and that heat sort of thing. Yeah. It just more feels like more of a revenge film. It does, and I think that's what disappointed me about it is because you wanted sleaze. Well, I did. You know, was, <laughs> when you talk, I mean, you said it yourself. You're a simple man. <laughs> when, that's it. When, when I'm sat down watching a 1980s women in prison films, there's certain things that I expect, and you know, for what good or bad, this genre is known for. Okay, so you've got nudity, you've got gratuitous nudity. You've got ridiculous fights and you've got like blood and gore, stupid deaths all over the place. And this didn't deliver on any of them. Like you said, there were some shower scenes, uh, which, of course, are never really needed. There is nudity in it, but nothing like you see in most of the women in prison films. There was some the fights in it, considering that the main character is a stunt woman and that's one of the selling point. All she could do was kick people. She had a kick. That was it. She had her kick. She had a kick and nothing else. That was also it. most of the people she killed were by accident. <laughs> they were. That's a great point. She didn't even mean to kill them. And the she managed death... to kill three or four people by accident. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sort of looked. You see her looking sheepish. That oh, oops. You almost expect her to, to hear her say, "Oops." I've killed somebody. The whole reason she went into prison was to kill people. And then she gets in there and it's like, oh, no, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. But the fight scenes were really badly choreographed, badly filmed. Just, yeah, her kicking and wildly missing people. The the blood and, you know, oh, let's have, let's have some inventive kills and let's see, or some head splatting or whatever. There was one part where Kay you know, the, the queen bee of the prison, uh, gets this, you know, like a, a big meat tenderizer, a big heavy... Yes, the, the meat mallet. Yeah, and so it gets one of the other women prisoners, wraps a towel around her hand and just hits the hell out of her hand with this, you know, meat uh, mallet. 
And in a lot of these films, you know, there'll be like fingers squashed everywhere. But A, they've covered it in a towel so they don't have to do any sort of prosthetic effects. And B, there's just a little tiny bit of blood comes up. They can't even be asked to even soak the towel, the white towel, in blood or anything. So for me, it failed on the three things that I wanted (laughs) from a women in prison film. And like you said, it is more of not that, it's more of a revenge film. But even things that you want from a revenge film... It's not in this either. Like you said, she, she was like, oh, oh dear, I've killed somebody. Revenge film, you want them, yes. You know, really lapping it up that they've killed somebody in a real evil and painful way. Oh, and I found, and again, I don't know about you, I'll hand it over to you. Did you find Karen Chase annoying in it? When you've got your lead character, every time she was on screen, I don't know, there was just something... And I can't put my finger on what it was. I just found her annoying whenever she was on screen, which isn't good for your lead character. (laughs) Um, I can't say I found her annoying, no. I thought it was weird that she seemed quite... Like, her sister's died, and she seemed quite upbeat when she was, like, driving through the... You know, trying to get arrested and stuff. Mm. I know she'd had, you know, a couple of bottles of champagne, but she seemed to be having a good old time even though her sister died. <laughs> Got over um, it pretty quick. My main thing is the prison. Yeah, go on, mate. Go into the prison, because it is such... It's a crazy prison. Lavish <laughs> prison. So it's got um, it's got a gym. Mm-hmm. It's got an arcade. Yeah. It's got a swimming pool. If you want to go on a conjugal visit, you don't get some like caravan out the back. You know, if this van's a rocking, don't come a-knocking. <laughs> You get driven to a hotel com- well, not complex, but you know a motel, and not as you know not a sleazy thing. These look looked quite clean rooms, yeah, quite yeah. presentable outside uh, by a guard who sits out and waits. Um, and also, if you want a bit of entertainment, you now they had a Prince tribute act as well. <laughs> it's like, what is this place? When they've got the Prince tribute acts, they got one of the women prisoners obviously dressed up as Prince, coming out of this cardboard-fronted bathtub with dry ice coming out of it was was a bit ridiculous. Well, and one thing that got me as well is right near the start, they set it up for the overalls that they're going to wear. And they say oh, yeah. three different colours. They say, oh, if you're it's for example it's like if you're if you're brand new you're you wear dark blue overalls then if you're good and you've been here a while you wear light blue overalls but then if you're naughty you get put into orange overalls and then you yes. don't see anybody in the overalls they're just wearing all like lycra and they've got all the hair permed and colored because they've been obviously to the prison hairdresser that's somewhere oh, yeah, there's definitely hairdressers because yeah. my god the hair in this film that's it's between mates between the games arcade and the swimming pool i think is the hairdressers <laughs> yeah in that leisure complex yeah. area of a prison yeah and they're but they're wearing all sorts of your typical 80s clothes and you think well why set it up for all these different colored overalls when yeah they're just going to be wearing i will say you know in k did end up in an orange overall at the near the end of the film <laughs> Oh, that was it. So for that. That was it. All for that. Oh, dear. It was... I mean, I know a lot of these are cheap anyway. They're not big budget films. They never are. But this really did look cheap. 
as well. The, all I think all of the production values were pretty low on it and yeah i never got into it it never really caught my attention it was it didn't pass the clock test we didn't have to leave the room so it probably would well it probably wouldn't have passed the pause test i probably said oh, keep it going <laughs> just while i go for a pee but i didn't have to go uh it, i got bored with it you shouldn't get bored with a women in prison slash revenge film it should be keep you gripping it was like uh, i don't i'm not really bothered i don't care what's happening to people and nothing much is going to happen to them and nothing much did happen to them all the way through big, not big, really no big disappointment i found mate. it more interesting when they're out of a prison like before you know before she went in to get revenge mm. you know i was i was fine with it then. then i just found it was starting to get just a little repetitive not really much was going on no, for a ninety-minute film, it drags as well. It seemed a yeah, lot I mean, longer. like you, you can only accidentally kill somebody so many times. Um, <laughs> accidentally kill them. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was watchable. I think. Uh, I think I, I, I probably enjoyed it a little more than you did. Yeah, yeah, I think you did. Yeah, just a touch though. Not watching it. The judge, by the way, was the granddad outside at night, Deadly Night. Oh, really? Yeah, he was the only one I recognised in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't recognise anybody in this at all. I've got to admit. Uh, but no, I was just so disappointed all the way through it. I mean, you look at that poster. It's one on Letterbox. It's like, oh, oh yeah, this looks like it could be fun. And then, I mean, as you know, it's got some fans on Letterbox because obviously we sort of consult that now. Mm, yeah. So it's not you know we don't have a complete dead loss and nothing to talk about. But um, yeah, I thought it was. Right, but you know, the more the longer it was in prison, I guess it's similar to missing in action too. You know, when you're just in that one location, and yeah. it just seems to get you know, unless it's written better, it just gets a bit samey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't wasn't hooked by it at all. It was, I I'm not going to watch it again. I know it's not one that I'm going to watch again. Um, you know, I'm glad I watched it because it's an 80s film that I've never seen before. So that's always yeah. nice to, you know, tick another one of those off. The, okay, so I've seen it now. Didn't meet my expectations, but at least I've seen it. But I would not I would never recommend it to anybody. Even for, you know, women in prison connoisseurs, just like, oh, <laughs> or revenge film connoisseurs. No, nah, it's just not worth the time. You could spend 90 minutes watching stuff that's a lot better than this. So, yeah, bit of a bad pick, unfortunately, mate, but... Can't all they can't all be winners. They can't all be winners, can they? Uh, yeah, I've got nothing else to say about it. I, cu- I couldn't really pick much more out of it. There's... No, I mean, it's like one of those things. You know, I only watched it this afternoon, and there's not really a lot to talk about in it. No. Um, but again, anybody listening, if you've watched it, um, or, or for some strange reason this has made you want to watch it, uh, yeah. pop us an email, let us know what you think, and we shall reply. Uh, so we'll take a break again and we will listen to the trailer for Tom's rewatch pick. Saigon, 1975. Colonel James Braddock. Left behind more than memories. Your son's name is Fun. He's alive. Now, 12 years later. He's not just a soldier going after the enemy. 
he's a father searching for his child. You must pay for the crimes that you have committed against my beloved country. Until he discovers a generation left behind. The orphans of a forgotten war. Now, Braddock is on a heroic mission of mercy. Get the truck! is fighting for everyone who can't fight back. Don't step on any toes. I don't step on toes. I step on necks. Chuck Norris. Braddock, missing in action three. Oh, now that was a trailer voice, wasn't it? That was a proper trailer voice, mate. Proper 80s trailer voice. Oh, I love that voice. <laughs> so my movie pick was the third in our mini season of missing <laughs> action films. Why not? Why not do them all? We, we started off, um, can't not do a third one. So this was Braddock. Mm. Missing in Action 3. This is a proper sequel to Missing in Action. Well, is it? Because oh, mate. If, you, oh. If, you st- if you pause to think about it, and I know you shouldn't with Chuck Norris films, <laughs> if you stop to think about the timeline yeah. of Braddock's Vietnam escapades and then mm-hmm. into A's, this makes no fucking sense. When did this happen? So this happened. So if memory serves me right, and this is just going purely from memory, he he got captured in 1972, <laughs> and he was ten years there, and yes. he and he escaped in 1982. Yet this <laughs> is the fall of Saigon in 1975, <laughs> three years after he'd been captured. Yet he's free, and then all this happens, and then it jumps forward twelve years. <laughs> And it it doesn't make sense, mate, within the timeline of his story at, at all. No, because no. Missing in Action, the events of him going back in Missing in Action is 1984. <laughs> and like, like his wife is never mentioned. Mm. And so, yeah, this makes no sense. Like, it's the same character, but... Yeah, just don't. Yeah, you've got to forget. Too much attention to, yes. or any attention, it'd probably be better. <laughs> yes. So, um, this one was directed by his brother Aaron Norris. Mm. Originally going to be Joseph Zito, but there were um, creative differences. Um, he apparently Chuck did want to do another Missing in Action. Yeah. But he heard about the story of the um, American Asian kids who are still over there. And uh, because he came from a mixed uh, a mixed race family as well, that um, made him co-write the film. Yes, Chuck Norris co-wrote mm. this one. And honestly, I think it's the best missing in action one out of the three. I've got to agree with you, mate. <laughs> because it's just fucking stupid, <laughs> and it's carnage at the end <laughs> absolute carnage um so yeah the whole plot is 
in the fall of Saigon, 1975, even though he's still in a concert, in a prisoner's <laughs> war camp, somehow he's also helicoptered out. Um, he believes his wife has been burnt to a crisp in a fire because he looks at a charred corpse and thinks it's her. Okay, I don't know how he could tell that because there wasn't much. It was just a a, a charred corpse. That's you couldn't it. really tell who just it was. Because, just because it was, wasn't it? She the cleaner of their house or the maid oh, of yeah, their the house. Oh, yeah, the ring or whatever it was. Yeah, and she was she was wearing, she'd stolen actually Chuck's wife's bracelet. And bracelet. Then, and then put it on. So he sees this charred corpse with, with just the bracelet on. Uh, well, maybe, but I mean, I'd probably look into a bit more. But you'd, Yeah, you'd want a bit more proof than that, wouldn't you? Yeah, a little, but Chuck didn't. Well, he's not that he didn't. He, he ended up on a helicopter. He got shot in the back. Yeah. Um, we fast forward present day, so 1988, um, four years after he maybe had already been back to <laughs> Vietnam. Don't know. You'd think, I don't know. It just... <laughs> doesn't make any sense in this and people think like the terminator franchise you get a bit you know all twisted trying to follow the timeline you try following it in the missing in action films <laughs> yeah like there's just they do not care the writers do not care about the timeline in this um so a um a missionary man a vicar uh, approaches him says his wife's um still alive they've got a son he doesn't believe him until he goes and sees little john uh where he um he, because Little John's lying, he sees through it because he's Chuck Norris. Um, and Little John, in the, the line, in the trailer, don't tread on any toes. You know, the absolute... He doesn't say a lot in this film, Chuck Norris, but I don't tread on toes, I tread on necks. <laughs> and he does as well. He fucking does. This is why it's the best one, because he does. Right he, near the end of the film, he fucking proper... He really goes for it. Because I was watching all the way through, and so I'm just waiting for that bit. It's like, yeah, deliver on that line about treading on necks, Chuck. You do it. Fucking does. What, not often, you know, there's so many films where you've got the one line about, you know, oh, I'm a tough guy. They never follow <laughs> it up, and he did. He literally did. Yeah. Beautiful. So, yeah, he goes over there. Um, carnage ensues. He finds his wife quite quickly and a, and, a, and his son, who's just like, fuck you, Braddock. Won't call him dad. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't like him. Yeah, because he deserted him. Um, and no sooner as they've reunited, and his wife gets a bit of a head. <laughs> dead. They've just got together. They've just had, oh, a nice embrace and, oh, I love you and this, that and the other. Bang, dead. Okay. Will you never know, love? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, just carnage ensues, um, explosions, very creative kills. Um, he gets captured and tortured for a bit. That's a long scene, wasn't it? That was a long scene and there is, uh, and we did talk about this, uh, and this was one of the one of the things that disappointed us about Missing in Action 2 was the lack of a topless Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah, so I've got him way ahead of myself. Or we make up for it in this, mate, a a sweaty, sheened topless Chuck Norris for a good period all the way through this. Yeah, like you don't even have to wait long. He's got his shirt off in a bed scene in a flashback. (laughs) So you don't have to wait till this Vietnam nonsense. No, no. He's already got it. He's already got the uh, the bod out in a flashback. So, 
<laughs> yeah, it's just there is a scene where a man who's trying like this this scene was a bit uncomfortable, like because the actress playing this girl looked quite young. Yes, she did. And there was a man on top of her still. Like, I mean, I hope they just use stunt doubles. Hmm. Because you never really got a good look of that, you know, at them two at the same time. So I'm going to assume this wasn't a man licking the face of a like a kid, <laughs> even though you know these sort of films, you know, the 80s was a different time. I'm going to assume, yeah, cam- different camera shots were used, a double who was short, etc. Please, I'm just going <laughs> to. That's what I believe. <laughs> and I don't want to think about it anymore. No, it is uncomfortable. It really is. Anyway, Chuck's got his big fucking gun. Oh, and I mean, take a second there, mate, for how big this gun is and how many barrels even Chuck it's got. Norris struggles with it. <laughs> it's got, you lose count of the amount of barrels it's got. It's like something from a video game. He, there's literally a bit where he, um, he, I think he comes through a door and he's got it and he elbows someone. And, like, he's, it looks like he's, like, struggling with it because it's so fucking big. <laughs> but it's an amazing gun. It literally, like, this guy, this seedy guy, this, um, uh, who was keeping like all the kids hostage? Well, one of them. He's tussling with Chuck. A blade comes out of the gun and stabs him. Which is then, good in itself, isn't it? Come on, yeah, I mean that was like, a cool, cool moment. Yeah, knife gun. Yeah, brilliant. And then he gets shot out of a door onto the ground outside. Flying out, he goes, lands on the floor. Then he explodes. <laughs> I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> It he is literally stabbed, shot, and blown up by the same gun in the space of ten seconds. Tina was watching it, and again, so of course, it's the first time that she's watched this. It's been the first time through all of these three films, uh, and she said that's one of the best movie deaths that she's ever seen. That's right up there with them all. Uh, and it this is this stunning. gun, this gun, it's like the Swiss Army knife of big, <laughs> massive. It does everything. Like you said, a blade comes out of it. It fires bullets. It's like an RPG. It's anything. I'm sure he could have stopped and made a coffee from it if he wanted to. It's just <laughs> anything and everything. And like you said, when you've got Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris struggling to carry a gun, it's that big. It's it's so ridiculous. You just you can't help but love it. Um, I, I will backtrack a minute. Also, uh, this again flashback scene. Uh, his wife's trying to get into the American embassy. Do you, did you clock who she was interacting with and who Chuck had a brief scene with earlier? I certainly did, yes. That was weird, wasn't it? Mm. Like, Keith David is in it. Yeah. This tiny role that anyone could have done. And, you know, this is 1988. Like, it's Keith, you know, the, you know, the thing has come out, everything else, they live. Was that, you know, same year. Um, but, yeah, I was like, what's he doing in this... In the third film, you're like, there's no other big name actors in this film. It's just Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just Keith David just rocks up for a couple of scenes. I, I just thought that was really strange. It was strange, but nice to see, though. And it was oh, good yeah. To... yeah, I mean, I heard the voice first. I was like, that's, that's yeah. like Keith David. And I was like, yeah, fucking yeah, is Keith David. I was like, I wonder if, because I, um, I haven't seen this film in, well, uh, it's not. It wasn't on my letterbox, which means it's pre twenty twelve. The last time I watched this film, yeah, I didn't really remember too much about it. I was just like, "Oh, does he show up later?" No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But yeah, so Keith David rocks up for 
a two short scenes. Mm-hmm. And then talking about when we were talking about Vendetta and it was 90 minutes and it was like it seemed to drag. This is just shy of an hour 45. I could have happily, you know, bung another 15 minutes on it and make it into a two hour film. I could have easily sat through that. It was I was so entertained all the way through it. Oh yeah, this is yeah. Like I say, this is the best one. Mm. I mean, I actually to the point where I was just I couldn't give it four stars because I think that's a little far. Yeah, um, yeah, I actually revised my rating on Missing in Action to three, number two for two and a half, and this three and a half on Letterbox. Because <laughs> I was just like, well, it's not. I'm not giving it four stars because it's not a four star film because mm. it's fucking ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> but like this is the best one, and on and also. And furthermore, I would say I would this would be a Chuck one of those Chuck Norris films. If people want, I'll give me two or three Chuck Norris films so I could get an idea of Chuck Norris. Mm. This would be one of them. Yeah, it would for me. This Forced Vengeance and maybe like Invasion USA, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just you know, because it's and also like if someone was just like, I'll give me a um, an example of like a Rambo knockoff. Like, sort of thing. I'll be like, yeah, Mission in Action 3. Yeah, straight away. Yeah. Yeah, I, as I said, it'd been a long time since I watched it, obviously, about yeah, at least 10 years. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Daft as fuck. Carnage, absolute bloody carnage. Um, and the, and the explosions. start, it was the start of a good relationship with his brother because his brother went on to direct him. I think it was like in another six or seven films after this as well. So, you know, they, they yeah, made yeah, quite they a lot of films together. In the 90s, sort yeah. of the ones that you don't really hear much about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a beautiful, mm. a beautiful professional relationship. I think he did some Walker Texas Ranger episodes as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was... And my God, the the songs at the start, and the end. Oh, the, the end the song especially. Power of freedom. It's just like brilliant. This <laughs> it's so it's so American. That end song is like just... absolute Poundland Bill Medley at the end, <laughs> just going on about freedom. <laughs> it's so fucking perfect for this sort of thing. <laughs> And there was, there was uh, unfortunately, there was a helicopter crash during the making of it as well, wasn't it? Yeah, killed, yeah. Killed four people, which I read as well was uh, there was a helicopter crash, uh, a fatal one, in a later uh, Chuck Norris film as well. It was uh, twice that's happened to him while they've been making the film, uh, which obviously is always a bad thing, but there's been quite a few, you know. Was it Twilight Zone? That was another helicopter crash in that. Because, uh, of course, yeah, there's, there's lots yeah. of helicopter action in this, as there are in 80s action films. And yeah, there's... I actually read the the inquest or the trial, or have you been to the Twilight Zone crash, um, concluded the day the crash of this one happened. Wow. In some horrible um, coincidence. But, yeah. yeah, really, really sad. And, yeah, I mean, like, as you say, I think it might be one of the Delta Force films where mm. um, uh, possibly the second one where... Similar happened. Yeah. I mean, the stunts in these films, you know, like, thing safety was a lot looser then, wasn't it, I guess? Oh, yeah, it was a lot looser. And the stunts were fucking nuts. Like, the stuff they do. And like, see- no matter the budget, big budget, small budget. I've got a I got a film um, last year 
um, a vinegar syndrome in America put out called Action USA. Really, I, I don't know if you've seen it. Really low mm. budget sort of yeah. action thing. Yeah. But it's all about the stunts, and they're absolutely mental. It's just like, like you can see like the people getting hurt. What in it? I'm just like, Jesus. So it's. Well, we talked sadly, about sadly just... not surprising <laughs> this sort of thing happened in the eighties a bit. A few, a few episodes ago, we talked about, didn't we, of, you know, one of the stunt guys, his head being driven over. <laughs> yeah. that happened. And you see in this, Chuck does a few of his own stunts. He does a good few jumping off high places and things like that. Because, again, Tina pointed out, and she said, wow, it's a bloody hell. That was like, he actually did that. Yeah, because obviously in our, with our, our big fancy TVs nowadays, I, I mean, I still watch a DVD, but obviously look still look good. Mm. Um, on a big on a big screen, but you know, if our big fancy TVs and you know, kind of HD, not really uh, pictures, you know, as good as it's just like you can tell um, when yeah. it's a stunt double to hilarious effects sometimes. But a couple yeah. of them, I was just like, oh, fucking hell, that was actually Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah, he does some he does some good ones because there's a few where he jumps through, you know, some windows, and you can tell that it's not him. But fair play, they do get a pretty good stunt double. It, you know, it's not outrageously different. Whereas some, you know, you could have. I mean, some are just stupid, some of the stunt doubles, you know, with completely different coloured hair and it's yeah. Chuck Norris with a beard and then the stunt double hasn't got a beard, you know, things like that. That didn't happen in it, but it was good to see him doing some of the stunts there as well. That was nice. Yeah, good on him. Good old Chuck. Mm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I will try and keep this in my head that, like, this is a, this, this is a go-to Chuck Norris film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you know, like I, I mentioned those other two. I prefer Invasion USA and um, Force Engines. I've got a re- I've probably mentioned this on the um, back in the eighties picture house days. I've got a very I've got real soft spot for um, Force Engines. Yeah, um, and I I, I pre- like some of the shit films they're putting out on Blu-ray, um, and they still haven't gone near Force Engines. Like guys, <laughs> need this. <laughs> Make Tom happy and release. Forced vengeance on Blu-ray. I promise I'll buy it. I will, I will absolutely buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so would I. But, um, yes. Uh, have, you, have you got any, any more points about... No, about just to echo what you said, mate, that it's, for me now, it's my favourite one as well. Um, I'd forgotten how much I really enjoyed this one. You always seem to think, don't you, oh, Missing in Action, the first one. You think, oh, yeah, it's a great, great film. But then when you come to watch them, and because we've watched all three within a short period of time, yeah, number three, mate, that's the one for me now. That's uh, that's my go-to one. And like you, just for recommending it to people, yeah, I'm going to do that. So it, it was a good watch, mate. I'm glad you picked that one. And we uh, we went through the three of them. Definitely worth, a re- definitely worth a rewatch. And, uh, yeah, again, anybody listening, if... Uh, well, if you've not seen it, go and watch it. Let us know what you think. But if uh, everybody that has seen the trilogy, let us know what's your favourite. Is number three your favourite or the first, even the, you know, the second one maybe? Let us know. And uh, again, we'll reply on the show. Shall we? Shall we move on, mate, and pick what we're going to talk about in the July show? Let's. All right, let's come back in just a second. Right. I, I should have asked you to cue this up, but... <laughs> oh, my God. 
Well, this is taking me back. I think this this was from the eighties as well. I'm sure this was from the eighties. Okay, I probably don't need that last bit, but that's my pick. <laughs> We're going to watch Blind Date with Silla Black. The no, no, no. We're going to watch Blind Date, with film directed by Nico Masterarchus. It's got Kirsty Alley in it if, instead of Silla Black. <laughs> How have I not seen this? I don't know. It looks fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so it's Blind Date. What year is it from, mate? 1984, and it's on Amazon Prime. A blind ad executive's computerized partial vision <laughs> allows him to play a crucial role in solving a series of murders. This oh. can't fail. <laughs> I like I I sent you it earlier. I was like, oh, he's see, he's bound to have seen this. This you know, but no, beautiful. I can't wait. <laughs> this this is one that passed me by, mate. Until now, thanks to you. I'm going to get the pleasure of watching it. And now you've got the theme tune from Blind Date stuck That's in your head. That's it now. I've have had all day. <laughs> going to go down a YouTube rabbit hole about Blind Date. Oh, now. no, I'm, I'm, I can't. I'm going to put a film. I'm going to have something to eat. I'm going to put a film on and just focus on that because I will absolutely end up going down. <laughs> have I ever told you about that? I must have said about the weird childhood. I don't know if it was a nightmare about Surprise, Surprise, Priscilla Black. <laughs> And the Stevie Wonder thing, have I ever what? mentioned that? What? This is getting more I don't more know bizarre. what it was. I'm going to have to ask, like, my brother and my mother if they remember it. Like, <laughs> I was a kid and it's, I don't, I mean, like, now I'm saying it out loud. It's probably not, it's probably not something that actually happened. <laughs> so Stevie Wonder was on Blind Date. No, sorry, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Right. And one of the audience members started bleeding from the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and Silla Black was just like I was remember she goes, Oh, you've got you've got tomato ketchup in your eyes, Chuck. <laughs> Did that ever happen in real life or is this <laughs> That was that yeah, that was the episode where they cut it short and went to adverts because because somebody was bleeding from the eyes. I don't don't fuck with me. I don't know. <laughs> I never googled it. There was Again, that. I didn't want to bring it all back, but no, I remember. I remember like that. I don't know what it was. If it was a nightmare or, or I thought something had happened, what? and there was a piano chord. You know when the piano is like, dun, dun, you know, it's off key. Wow. There was that as well, and I don't know. That's, anyway, <laughs> that's interesting. That is interesting. If somebody actually, may if somebody in a film called Blind Date, if they, if somebody bleeds from the eyes in this, and if Stevie Wonder makes like a guest appearance, well, yeah, he's blind as well. So yeah. Oh God, what am I getting myself into? Oh mate, things are coming together now. This and it's all going to culminate when you're watching the film. I'm googling it. I'm doing it now. I'm doing it live. <laughs> There'll be no surprise, surprise, Stevie Wonder. He's he's not going to be on surprise surprise. Surely, that would be a surprise. Okay, um, it's not looking like it. No, that was just some weird. You had too much cheese one night, mate, and that was it. You fell asleep. Weird things happened in your brain. 
and and that, that was it and it stuck with you all these years later uh right. unfortunately my rewatch pick has none of that in it um and it's not missing in action four because there isn't one and, and if the if there had been one i would of course i would have picked it uh, my rewatch pick is from 1988 and it's only 75 minutes long and it's hollywood chainsaw hawkers written and directed by fred olin ray who we did an interview show with back in eight's pitch house days mate and i'm going to release um pretty close to this show as well i'll probably release july's show and we'll chat about it and then not too long afterwards i'll re-release our chat with fred olin ray so that'll be good uh, so yeah, I haven't seen this one for quite a while. It's it's cheap as chips, uh, as are all of Fred's films, more or less. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's ridiculous, but it's got Linnea Quigley in it. It's got Gunnar Hansen in it. It's got uh, it's got John Henry Richardson as Jack Chandler, who does a great noir voiceover in it. It's got Michelle Bauer in it. It's you know, it's all the. You know, the 80s Scream Queens, as it went, you know, the original Leatherface in it. You can't go wrong. And, no, um, no. It is, it, I know it's a very Marmite film. Obviously, we'll get more into it next month. But it's, it, I think it is one of those where you either think it's, 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 it's good. It's really, it, maybe not really good, but it's good. Or you'll absolutely <laughs> detest it. I don't think there's much middle ground. To, yeah. to this one so it'd be, it'd be nice to watch it'd be the first time as well I've got it on Blu-ray and I've never watched the Blu-ray yet so that'll be good I'm going to watch that oh nice that's mm. nice yeah I'll watch it on that one um, right that's well, that's July picks done mate uh, which will be another month closer to us actually meeting again which is good yeah I was going to say this time next month when we're doing the July show the picks will be the in-person picks won't they they will be yeah for when we uh, record together Hey, yeah, in August. That'll be nice. Oh, we'll have to make them special ones. Oh, yes, actually. Yeah, let's have a think about what we can do um, for when we meet up and, rec- and record here. Be fun. Lots of films to watch, mate. That, that's for yes. sure. Yeah. Uh, right. Everybody knows the website, 60mw.co.uk. All the links are on there. All of the different formats we do. Instagram and Twitter at 60MW Podcast. We've said a lot on this. We've said, you know, send us an email. We've talked about the films. Anything else that you want to send us an email about, uh, it's contact at 60MW.co.uk or there's a contact us form on the website. Nice and easy to do. Take a few minutes. Send us something. We'll read it out. And yeah, send your um, your 80s. Um, oh, yeah, I'd love that. 80s rock uh, picks. Yeah, get your homework into us, kids, by the... Third week of, Ju- of July at the latest. I'm dying to know. Uh, I mean, I'm really interested, mate. Are you going to pick? Obviously, don't tell me now. Are you going to pick? You know the the usual bands, but different. I'm probably going to do songs. one of each, to be honest. Ooh, yeah, there's a thought. Oh, you swap, mate. Double homework. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. the usual bands and different songs. And yeah, I might just do that myself then. Yeah, then then everyone else you can just do what you know one of each. Or... Yeah, don't don't be emailing us and saying that the dog ate your homework because I'm not going to believe you. You know, actually do your bloody homework for once and get it into us. <laughs> uh, right, thank you for listening. We'll be back in July. Uh, you know the films we're going to talk about, and I'm going to disappear, and Tom shall round off the show for you.
Stevie Wonder was never on Surprise. Surprise. We'll see you next month. <laughs> <laughs>